Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And this week on the pod, it's a conversation all about attention and what is seemingly becoming digital advertising's topic du jour. I spoke with Irina Zubinsky, Senior Director of Product Management at Oracle Advertising, about how the industry's interest in attention has ebbed and flowed, how the terms attention and engagement shouldn't be conflated, and obviously we could not get into Byron Sharp's hot take on the value, or as he sees it, the lack thereof, of attention. But we start in a place where so many episodes of this podcast starts, definitions. So there's been a lot of buzz in the market related to attention. Mm. A lot of attention is being paid to attention. <laughs> and if we look at companies like T-Vision and Lumen, and they talk about engagement and attention, mm. to us and the way we're thinking about it in its truest sense is those two terms should not be interchangeable. And so as we think about how to define attention and how to bring that definition to the market where we've been working diligently to unravel the two terms or like deconflate mm. them and think about like what is engagement and what is attention and how the two are different. And if you think about it, the way we're thinking about engagement mm. and that is like empirical deterministic measured data, which yeah. is mode analytics, right? Like we're looking at in view time, clicks, dwells, audio, video, incomplete, uh, things like that. So that's how we want to think about engagement, right? Like you actually understand the actions that are being taken with an ad. Got it. Attention, the way we're thinking through it is attention is more probabilistic, like data gathered from panels, some eye tracking facility, some of the work that we're doing with T-Vision, obviously a lot of the work that T-Vision is doing with Lumen to define that. But that's how we are thinking about attention versus engagement. Got it. But ultimately, as I think about these things, Moat has been measuring, we always say like Moat has been about attention from the beginning, but it truly how we'd like to redefine it is we've been measuring engagement. We have empirical measured data against what parts of an ad or how the ad is being engaged with. We've evolved that over time, specific formats, right? Like, you know, it started with display, web display. Now we have mobile, we have video, we have CTV, we have a lot of different formats and different signals that we can assign depending on the format and how we want to look at engagement with video ads or engagement with CTV ads or engagement with continued engagement with display ads. And over the time, we've come up with composite metrics like moat score. So we have a moat display score of a moat video score that takes into account metrics that are unique to video, like audibility and screen real estate. And now in the industry is a buzz with attention once again, <laughs> right? But it's not anything new. Like yeah, it, yeah, I yeah. feel like it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Like, you know, five years ago, attention was big and then fizzled out and yeah. now it's back up again and everybody's trying to put their narrative out there and our competitors, you know, DV is out there. It's like, here's how we're defining attention. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've participated, you know, the attention council mm-hmm. and VIB and they're all like also like challenged. What is attention and why is it meaningful or why should we worry about it? And it all comes down to is outcomes. Because at the end of the day, why does attention matter? Attention Mm -hmm. matters because it's driving towards a certain business goal, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to drive brand lift or I want to drive sales lift or whatever that metric defined by the advertiser. And then how does attention play into it? 
it's kind of the thing that gets laid down at the IB's door, or I imagine other trade bodies as well, is everyone's defining this thing differently. So can you just physically or virtually get everyone in a room? We've tried. And kind of agree. So, I mean, that feels like a a really good starting point. Right. So I actually participated in the Attention Council salon that they had on attention and how Mm. to find it. And it was a very lively debate. And very much it had representations from different entities Mm. and like, you know, publishers and platforms and obviously Lumen and T-Vision. And we're talking about like the empirical definition of attention. Yeah. And the thing that stuck with me the most is that attention is not binary. You can't say it was attended to and therefore converted or caused some kind of an outcome or result. So there's different gradations, right? Such thing as too much attention, like where you get like diminished returns or like, do you just need to engage at this level and then that's it. And that'll give you the results that you need. You need to worry about beyond that level of attention. But the whole viewability thing, I heard someone talking a couple of weeks ago about, you know, viewability in a weird way was that was attention. That was trying to put a metric onto, you know, if someone's reading your page for half a second and your ad is there or six seconds, there's a difference there. They're paying arguably more attention to it because it happens to be in view. And our brain quite liked the idea of saying, well, this thing is viewable and this thing is not. I mean, I worked on when I was agency side, they had like two completely different viewability metrics depending on what part of the world you're in so these things are really hard to put into this isn't right no absolutely but you know believe it or not the binary question did come up and what's really interesting (laughs) is the way to put attention into a binary is to talk about inattention Mm. inattention is binary if you know it wasn't attended or viewed yeah you're not going to get the output you're not going to get your outcome you're not going to get your result if truly the goal of an ad is to drive an outcome Inattention is your binary metric, yeah, meaning if nice. it wasn't attended, if it wasn't viewed, you're basically, it's a yeah. wasted impression. I mean, attention's been in the headlines. Byron Sharp, obviously, <laughs> you know, Ehrenberg Bass, professor of marketing science, director there, wrote, you know, how brands grow. I think if you work in our industry and you've not been under a rock, you would have seen that he's kind of right. weighed in on the attention debate, right? I mean, he said as much as a nice kind of quote, he dismissed things like his attention as, quote, nonsense unquote and he went on to sort of qualify it a little bit yeah. more but i guess he's saying he used the example of an outdoor ad right a static outdoor ad if i see it for two seconds i get it i don't need to see it for 10 seconds it makes no difference and i kind of get it with a static outdoor ad but if you've got a 30 second video with a narrative arc there is a difference right not only there's a difference there but the all of an ad that's contextually relevant mm. to the content that you're engaging with is the recall there is going to be much greater so we know that byron is wrong on many accounts <laughs> right so it's not yeah an outdoor billboard ad or an yeah. ad as a bus drives by whatever those are called or even taxi cabs right like in new york you see all these taxi cabs with the flashy lights on top like yeah i can buy that like in that format he's probably right it's not a one brush stroke approach across all like you can't just color it all the same way (laughs) we gotta get back to binary again aren't we it's kind of like okay advertising well not even binary it's like more of a spectrum at this point (laughs) right like i mean we're talking about like a whole rainbow of attention metrics and engagement but Yeah, I mean, the question always comes up. Like, remember, like 10 years ago, reviewability, there was no standard, but we're moving in that direction. And publishers like, we're not going to guarantee unviewability. That's just silliness. Well, here we are guaranteeing unviewability. We have MRC accreditation around it. We have standards around it. And publishers like, okay, well, that's what we have to do if an ad truly is not seen, if it's below the fold. Mm. That's why you have those standards. 
Are we going to get there with attention? Absolutely. Is it going to happen tomorrow? Probably not. You know, as we talk about that, if we're truly thinking about not engagement, but attention, mm. you know, the more probabilistic, like fluffy type of attention that's right now defining our marketplace. It's a lot of the conversation comes down to creative right? Like, oh, creative is king, right? It's publishers are seriously leery and, you know, justifiably so Mm. to say, why would we ever transact or guarantee on attention? Because we don't control it. They don't control it, yeah. They don't control Mm. it. They control the contextual piece, right? Like where the ad is getting placed and that is contextually relevant Mm. to the page. But at the end of the day, the creative, if we want to believe that the creative is king, then that's what's going to engage. That's what's going to give the click through or the dwell time or the in view time. Or like if you need to turn on the audio and you Mm. listen through the audio, you complete the video, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's there's a lot of opposition to defining attention. So as much as we as an industry want to define it, there are aspects of the industry that are interested in not having it standardized. You guys have done work around, you talked about connected TV, talked about, you know, video display. You know, already we've got this whole spectrum of different formats, which we can't for a minute say that a static MPU, that we could judge it in the same way as perhaps a full screen video that runs for 30 seconds. Does the complexity ratchet up when you start to think about cross channel? So when you start to think about well, okay, that video in the context of someone's mobile versus the context of someone's desktop on a busy screen versus it on someone's 60-inch television full screen. Does the complexity get more so when you start to think about cross-channel and cross-device? Well, yeah, cross-platform depends on where that. Absolutely. And that's why when we were thinking about, you know, what we call our mode display score, mode video score, the screen real estate is a big component mm. of that metric. Because it, be, it it's important, right? Like something that's in the corner of your eye and your peripheral vision on a tiny mobile screen, like even if it's if you have the the pro or you know iPad being yeah. a little bigger, versus you're seeing an ad across a TV and you can't mm. skip through it and you're kind of forced to watch it. And so in view time and uh, screen real estate and you know your audio and video on complete, those become important metrics. So yeah, as the complexity cross-channel, cross-platform, cross-device as the complexity increases, so does our thinking have to evolve around it as well? Meaning, like, what things matter in that environment, on that screen, that don't matter elsewhere? Even if we feel like in digital advertising that we can kind of wrap our brains around it, when we start getting into things like audio, for example, and we start getting into connectivity, I guess there's a whole bunch of stuff to figure out as well. Let me just change gears slightly, because I'm absolutely fascinated by your background and where you kind of got to where you got... I'm right in saying you studied psychology and you went on and did a master's in pharmacy and toxicology, which is fascinating in itself. You've worked agency side, you've been in tele, and now you're designing ad products. I mean, how does all that fit together? So I get that question desked a lot, believe it or not. You know, like I have a stint in healthcare and project and program management, right? Like where I implemented operating systems and financial systems, you know, prior to joining Oracle, I was even at MGM also looking at supporting financial and procurement systems. But the way I position it is at the end of the day, I'm a scientist. I'm a, you know, traditionally trained scientist. And what strings kind of all of it together for me is the scientific method, the inquisitive nature of mine is I love to problem solve. So at the end of the day, how does the scientific method work? So you formulate a hypothesis, you design experiments around that hypothesis, and then you test out using those experiments, you either nullify the hypothesis or prove it. And then you design further experiments and move on and you keep iterating and it's a constantly iterative thing. And science is not 
static. We're always learning new things. We're always evolving our knowledge. The things that we knew about the brain 20 years ago Mm. are not the things that we know about the brain today. So that's who I am. In a nutshell, it's that I thrive on learning and absorbing and just like evolving my knowledge base and my skills. Like when I was a kid, I was asked like, what do you want to be or what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, I never want to stop learning. (laughs) was basically my answer. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just know that I just always want to do that. Like, I was one of those kids that would take the toys apart to see how they work. Like, I had a doll. I always remember the story. Like, you have no idea. My parents stopped buying them because we had this in Russia. We had this doll and it would go like, you would flip it over and then go, mom. And I was like, how does it do that? So I like, took a knife. I cut it open, took the voice, like the little sound box out. And they're like, yeah, we're not getting you any more of those. Like enough is enough. And now Oracle is kind of your playground or your desk where you're sort of pulling things apart. Yeah. So Moat. Moat is something like, you know, Jonah, you know, let's talk about the founder, the creator of mm. what now is owned by Oracle. I met Jonah when he first brought Moat to market. And so I was with Time Inc. And uh, Mo- we selected Moat for when viewability first came to market. We had Comscore BC. We had IAS. There was Nielsen, OCR. There was a lot of... And they had like two, three metrics, right? Like viewable, not viewable, val, whatever it was, fraud. And then here comes Jonah with like 70 <laughs> metrics. Like here's a smorgasbord yeah. of metrics. And we're like, well, this is a no-brainer, right? And I remember this to this day. I was like, well, we would have to be like... Like, you know, silly in the head not to go with moat. <laughs> Obviously, I was going to use a different S word, but I'm trying to keep it clean. <laughs> so, smorgasbord uh, doesn't get mentioned enough on the <laughs> IBK podcast. We should talk about it more. I guess what we hear a lot from advertisers is their worlds are pretty complicated anyway, right? Their job is to try and get more people to use, buy their products and services. And then they've got media, which is another part of the thing. And then within media, they've got, you know, the day-to-day, the stuff that's coming down the pipe, you know, be it, you know, what's the next TikTok? Do I need to think about this? Regulation, all this. They've got loads of stuff going on. And I guess their ask for us is, this sounds an interesting space. It sounds like I should be doing more. I should be leaning in, like, can you make it easy for us? Are there any sort of shortcuts when it comes to attention and how we should be talking to advertisers? I guess so that we don't kind of scare them off. So they think, oh God, this is really complex. I need to get my head around. I mean, how do we make this thing easier? That's a really good question. I guess the delineate and redefine attention versus engagement, right? I think that's where we start. At least that's where we would like to start as Oracle Advertising and think about, again, as I mentioned, stop conflating attention and engagement. You know, if we truly look at engagement as your empirical measured data, then we know how we define that. And so that's all the things that we already measure on every impression that are indicators of active and engaged user on the other side of the screen. So time the ad was in view, portion of the ad that was in view, the number of scrolls, touches, clicks, dimensions like audibility and other things. And then this new narrative around attention is really the way we're thinking about it is about physical eye tracking, mm-hmm. eye movement, or other other dimensions that are, you know, panel-based and are less scalable than engagement. But then how do we bring the two together? So attention or eye tracking are the things that Lumen, mm-hmm. T-Vision are doing. It's extremely valuable information that can be applied to 
other data points that draw further insights, right? So the question becomes is how do we bring the two together in a meaningful way to provide that standardization, to provide that yeah. true definition of attention, but attention in us at a scale, which is attention and engagement, not attention or engagement, yeah. but attention and engagement. Yeah. And how do we model that, you know, the existing attention metrics like the eye tracking, mm-hmm. it's panel based. So they're modeled out to generalize to larger audiences. And a lot of it is done by correlating attention data to actual measured engagement metrics, right? Like that's what we do with T-Vision. We take their stuff and mesh it with our stuff. And then that's how we understand our audience, our reach and frequency. Our reach product is built on those components. So if we can say that an ad, like a 300 by 600 ad was on screen for over 20 seconds, always leads to 95% or greater attention for two seconds based on the panel data input. That's how we begin to define it. Yeah, got it. It's a great answer because these things kind of always begin with, we need to define it properly. And at some point you need a kind of standard. So we need to all speak the same language is probably the, so we need to get our house in order. This is what we mean by this thing. Okay. So we can define it and there's some standards and that kind of stuff. We also need to get the industry agreement, right? Because right now it's so fluffy. And this, and to your point, this person defines it this way. We have Byron who's (laughs) defining it in this way and in a very narrow scope of a bus ad, Mm. you know, or a billboard ad. Yeah. yeah, Come on, Byron. You can do better. (laughs) (laughs) But at the end of the day, I like the devil's advocate approach because that's what pushes the envelope and that's what makes us think about it. And then, you know, teeds, I like going back to the social to the attention council that's invite only salon that we had. Mm. And we have a relationship with Teeds, but they are when the question came up and where most of the other publishers on the call were like, yeah, we're not going to transact on attention. We're not going to guarantee on attention. We don't control attention. And Teeds was like, you know, we're working through with Lumen, with others to really understand mm. how we can define and how we can provide an outcome based yeah. approach to our advertisers to make it more meaningful for them to where it's not just an effectiveness play, but it's also an efficiency play. Like how do we reach more and get better outcomes for our advertisers through these metrics? And so whatever we want to do to move that envelope and to be innovative in that space is what they want to do. Not everybody in our industry approaches it that way. There's a lot of risk associated with that, obviously. Like once you put it out there, it's going to be really, it's like once the bird is out of the cage, it's going to be really hard to put it back in, like, you know, the genie in the the bottle type of thing. But maybe there's a a bit of fortune favors the brave here. I mean, at some point, there's going to be a real probably commercial advantage to saying, yeah, okay, agency X, we can trade on the metrics you want to trade at. And then, you know, as we've probably seen with viewability, then that that kind of bar rises and everyone kind of picks up the standard. So it does feel we're at the start of something, as you said. Irina, it's an early start for you, I know, because you're on the rest coast. So thank you so much for joining us and giving us some of your time this morning. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure and a very relevant topic. And I'm really happy to be having this conversation. So super excited to be on this podcast. Oracle Advertising's Irina Zubinsky there. We recorded that episode a couple of weeks ago, and even since then, I've been struck by the sheer volume of definitions that there are in the market. It really does feel a little like a viewability Groundhog Day, which, thinking it through, maybe isn't a bad thing, because we were able, collectively as an industry, to come together and agree a common set of definitions and and standards and yeah there's no doubt in my mind that that is absolutely what's going to be needed here 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please, please subscribe and share with anyone else you think might enjoy it too. Doing either or both of those things genuinely helps more people to find the pod. I'll be back next week, but for now, thanks very much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.